Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes Playbook, where we bring our coaches' insights directly to our community. And uh, first, Coach B wanted to see how you're doing. Um, I know you've been busy. I've been busy, so we yeah. haven't been chatting as much as we uh, as we usually do, especially in like group chats and just personally one on one. But um, I want to say what's up to you, and I also want to get your opinion on what's going down with uh, this Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. That's like, I'm sure it's taking over your timeline. It's taking over like all of social media. So. Uh, what what comes to your mind when uh, you see that stuff? Well, it's nice to see you, Drew. Uh, I hope you're doing well as well. Um, we've been up in the Northeast. We've been bombarded by rain the last probably three, four days. So um, it's finally starting to look a little sunny, and uh, yeah, things are going well. Uh, I thought that Kelsey, I, I am oblivious to this. I am not a Swifty or whatever they call him. I am not a. I'm, I'm not up to speed like fans, like our friend Fanzo is. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, we were watching the, the Chiefs-Bears game the other day because my daughter's a Chiefs fan, and we're actually going to go to the Chiefs-Jets game uh, next Sunday. But we uh, we were watching the game, and I had no idea that they were dating or whatever they're doing. My wife is watching the game, and she's like, yeah, they're, they're together. And um, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I, the first thing I said was to my kids, I was like, wow, that's a massive power couple. And um, you know, who's, who knows if it'll last or how long they go, but I thought it was really interesting. But the best part that I think that I loved about it, it was uh, this, this, they asked Bill Belichick about it. I don't know if you heard it yet, but they I asked didn't. Bill Belichick about it. And Bill Belichick is, you know, being in New England, he's not uh, very cordial to the, uh, to the press or typically it doesn't lend to a lot of jokes. Yeah. But um, I loved what he said. He said that, you know, Travis Kelsey has a lot of great catches over his career. And this by far is his best catch ever. So I thought that was Dude, pretty yeah. cool. I thought it was like a fake quote. Like I started, I saw that everywhere. I thought it was like a fake quote and people, it was just like a meme. Right. And then I actually saw the video of him saying, it. I'm like, Oh my God, it's real, which is like crazy. Like even for him to chime in on that, but doesn't chime in on really anything else in the world. But, um, I don't know, maybe it could be web three, like making a, a mess of my, my thought process. But for some reason, I feel like this is one big like psyop and this is one oh, big like marketing, like, it's just one big marketing stunt um, because like, think about it. Like how else could you get so many people that wouldn't be interested in football? Interested in football. Oh yeah. How many people in the sports world that are not interested in Taylor Swift get interested in Taylor Swift? I mean, dude, we just saw like these worlds collide where, um, you know, millions of people that would never sit down and watch a football game, sat down and watch a football game. Right. So I don't know. That's where my mind goes. Cause it's just like such a crazy, well, you're the marketing. Right, you got the marketing mind, right, think, and that's probably why why you're looking at it from that perspective. I don't think I would have known to look at it from that perspective. I thought I'd, I just looked at it from like two massive stars, but like now that you pointed that out, I'm like, wow, that's a that's brilliant. If any PR person dude. actually put that together, I mean, Kelsey's Kelsey's merch, like they did, oh yeah, they did a, a ton in revenue. And this is where I'm like, these guys are, you know. Taylor Swift does not need to do anything crazy with her lives to make more money, but maybe like something about business and generating business and generating attention is something that drives them and gets them interested. I kind of find it harder to believe that this is something that Taylor and Kelsey could do or would do because of, you know, they're already, you know, have a certain level of financial success, but seeing other things and, and seeing how viral it went just makes me think like, man, if this was planned, this is like a, this is like an all-time, like the world stopped for a second to like showcase what was going on with uh, with these two, but um, but yeah, Coach B, we can we can we can dive into today's episode 
And, um, you know, we wanted to kind of dive into something that is interesting to me because um, I think you do it really naturally very well and something that um, we we offer as a service with uh, what we do at Mile 62 Media, which is digital branding and, and helping. Um, it could be talent. It could be a company. It could be um, even like think back to NFTs, like community, like, you know, just trying to help people understand how to take their digital reputation and relay it best in the digital world. And, mm. um, you know, that's what, that's what comes to my head when it comes to, when people talk about building a personal brand, when they, it comes to building um, marketing material to help them um, connect to a certain demographic or to a certain type of prospect. And so, you know, for you, Coach B, a lot of things that you post on Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, it's, it's rarely, you know, something that you eat or something that, you know, your typical Instagram post, it's usually something that revolves around what you do best or what you're preaching um, in the work setting, which is working with high performers, right? So a lot of what you're posting is, um, you know, sports stories. It's um, it's content that's, that's beneficial for somebody to understand and maybe help uh, get a better understanding of how to take care of themselves. Um, a lot of it is mindset yes. coming, you know, coming to understand, um, how just the way that and, and changing the way that you think can really make an impact mm -hmm. in, in your life and, um, and, and really your future. And so I'm kind of curious from your end, and then I'll kind of dive into a little bit more for, you know, how we think about this stuff. But when you knew you wanted to start building a brand, especially, you know, with the emergence of like NFTs and web three, and you kind of saw this opportunity, what was your mission or what was, you know, what yeah. was top of mind for you when you're like, Hey, these are things that I say and do in person. Um, and I want to figure out some ways that I can start to relay this and, and build some trust and build, you know, the same level of reputation yeah. um, in a fully digital world. I think uh, the thing that really kind of spearheaded it all is, is during COVID, uh, you know, we were all locked inside and um, I saw a lot of opportunities where um, coaches were, were connecting with each other. Um, younger coaches were reaching out to older coaches and asking for mentorships and um, doing online presentations. There are so many like presentations being put out. Mm -hmm. So many Zoom um, conferences were being put out um, to help people like understand and learn continuing education. And um, I started seeing a lot of people just talking about like what they did and um, you know who they were working with and sharing those experiences. And I started to recognize it and I started to step back and realize it's not about what we do or what, you know, who we're working with or where we are that I found to have the biggest impact. It's truly understanding why you do what you do and how you do what you do instead of just focusing on what we do. Because I think we see that all the time in, in presentations. It's like, what are you doing for this? Or what are you doing mm -hmm. to solve this problem? When in reality, sometimes you have to take a step back and not everybody thinks this way. And I think this is probably the most challenging part about it is a lot of people want to be fed, show me what to do, tell me what to do. Right. But in reality, if you can peel back enough layers and you can understand how you do what you do and ultimately why you do what you do and why you say the things that you say, then it's going to impact what you do and it's going to bring more purpose, right? It's going to bring more purpose to your life and the things that you want to accomplish. And I always felt myself as a coach, that's what I was really good at, like in one-on-one uh, -on -one situations and being able to do it in IRL. And I felt like I wanted to be able to create those opportunities um, digitally and be able to try to reach more people. 
and ultimately at the end of the day, try to impact other people than to try to help them become the best version of themselves, whether it be mentally, physically, spiritually, nutritionally, however they, they want to improve. Um, I want to be that person and that resource to get them to understand that it's so much more than just the X's and O's, um, which I think there's plenty of people out there that do that. They just tell them, right. this is what you do. This is how long you do it. When in reality, it's like, I can share those types of things, but for you to be able to empower yourself, you've got to find that inner purpose within yourself. And that's what I, that's what I strive to do. That's what I strive to be as a coach and as a, as a human being. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the questions and you already touched on it, like, what are you looking to do or what do you want to be known for? Um, that mission to draw somebody's best self, you know, out, I think is, is such a powerful mission, but it also, like you mentioned, it's, um, it's not just technically, right. It's not just like, uh, you know, you think about like a, a coach who maybe they have the right play for the right scenario, but maybe it's a little bit deeper. It's like getting into the head of and, and a level of understanding for the actual player themselves. And I think that that's what you do best is, um, you know, you, you really try to get much deeper, try to find the root of how I can help this person or what it is they're really seeking to be able to, um, come to the conclusion on their own that like they are, yeah. they can reach a certain level of potential or they, they have it already within them, but they're just not tapping into it. Right. And I think that that's, that's probably one of the toughest parts about being a coach is not just, you know, what play you should run or what position somebody should be playing, but it's helping somebody realize on their own, like, Hey, you do have what it takes and you do, you can reach this, this level. And maybe you've already reached that level, but you're not consistently getting there. How yeah. can we continue to draw it out of you? And, um, you know, so being known for that is incredibly valuable, right? Because being able to help somebody tap into their best self or, or tap into um, the best version of themselves consistently or for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's, that's, that's a massive value. And so um, one of the things that, you know, I think is tough for people is they go to, they go to start doing this and they realize, man, I don't know anything about social media. I don't know anything about building a website. I don't know anything about, you know, editing video content. Um, and it becomes a, a huge limiting factor. And then it goes back into this notion of like, there's somebody like you for you, right? There's somebody out there that could tell you like, Hey, even, even if you don't feel like you're firing on all cylinders on social media, like you absolutely can. And you you, you have the potential to do so. Um, and, and then there's just certain things that you can help them understand, like, this is why you need to be doing this, or this is, you know, a tool that you could be using to, to help optimize your efforts. Um, and that's where I feel like we totally switched the, the playing field over to our side is that's what we're trying to help our clients do. Right. It's, yeah. Let's help them understand like, Hey, like, you know, the, the product is really sound. Um, you guys like your customer service, everything that you guys do, if somebody came to you guys business, you know, they would be, they would leave happy and they would, they would be telling people about it. How do we translate that online? Right. So it's going to be, how do we build like trust building materials for this company to display that this is what they would do in real life. And so for you, um, one thing that, you know, there was one video you sent me where I'm just like, man, this is like a perfect display of like how, how much impact you made. I think it was, I think it was a women's ice hockey team did like a award ceremony and yeah, you know, there were a couple yeah. athletes were speaking. It was like a, for seniors. Right. Yeah. And, um, to have some of the athletes speak specifically to you and give you a shout out and, and talk about the impact you made on them for me, like, I remember like, I have nothing to do with Quinnipiac or a year work with them, but I was like choked up. I'm like, wow, it's, it's just really powerful to hear how much impact you made. And like, that was a great display of a digital 
in a digital medium, how much you meant to, you know, these athletes. Right. So, um, what else comes to mind for you? You know, like, are there other things that you feel like you do on purpose to kind of, um, help somebody that doesn't see your, your work day to day, understand, you know, how much it is that you care? Uh, I, I think that's the toughest one. I think that's the, the secret sauce per se is, is being able to develop a connection digitally is much more challenging than, than being able to establish a connection in reality, right? Like it's so much easier face to face to, you know, to connect with somebody because you can look directly into their eyes. You can, you can see their body language. You can put their hand, your hand on their shoulder. You can, you can kind of feel emotion in their voice. Um, and all those types of things help establish this right. ability to connect, right? And then when you have an ability to connect, you have ability to communicate. And if you have the ability to communicate, then you've got an ability and an opportunity to be able to, to influence and to be able to impact. To be able to do that in a digital landscape is 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 very challenging, right? Because you said the key word is trust, right? People need to trust you as a um, as a business to be able to help them with their advertising and their marketing. People need to be able to trust me to be able to understand that I am going to be an, a resource for them to be able to help them reach their best self, whatever that means, or however they 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 seek to define it. Um, that's probably the most challenging thing. And I think that one of the things that I'm realizing that kind of helps it's, is to have conversations and grant the grant to the written conversations. But, um, I think one of the things I think is, has been profound for us and men athletes is, is coach bot. I think when uh, people are allowed to be able to, or given the opportunity to have, um, ask intimate questions or one-on-one questions where, um, maybe they maybe they have their guard up in a public setting where they may not want to ask that question. I think it's allowed people to um, ask what it is that they 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 want to get better at or they want to improve, and it's allowed um, me to be able to have those conversations where I, I'm able to establish trust because I'm asking, um, pe- trying to peel back layers, right? Trying to peel back layers of what it is that they really want to do, and ultimately why they want to do it, right? If somebody right. says that they want to to lose weight or they want to, you know, they want to get their arms bigger. Like we can say, well, why, why do you want to do that? You know, what, what is it that you're really looking to accomplish? And then sometimes it's asking those difficult questions that provide an inner sense of clarity to that individual and be like, well, why do I, why do I want to lose weight? You know what I mean? And, and, and not just making it surfacey because I want to just look better. Like maybe that's, that's, maybe that's the, uh, that's the root of it. Aesthetics. You care about how you look, but why do you care about why, you know, how you look? So I think these, with the ability to have these digital, you know, typed out conversations, I think has helped to establish some trust. And um, by no means am I an expert at it. And uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing is once you can provide, once you can connect digitally, I think, and I don't, I'm not no expert, and that's what I'd love to ask you, but I, I think that's when you have the ability to impact on a deeper level. Is that what you guys try to do, like from a marketing standpoint and advertising? Yeah, so yeah, you you brought up a lot of good things, and you know when we talk about like digital reputation, we also, you know, we have to remind people that just because it's you know on a DM or just because it's on a LinkedIn DM or text message, you know, like a lot of the things that you would do in person like still stand true, like you know be a good listener, for example, like being able to take in information and respond accordingly or to ask, like you mentioned, ask the right questions. Um, you know, one of the things that I've learned from, from just generating business for myself digitally, um, there's so much value from 
spending the time and showing that you care, right? It's it's so yes. simple, but yeah. um, going over somebody's profile and trying to find connection points, just like you would during a normal conversation of yes. like us talking and then realizing that we're both hockey fans and then that instantly develops that connection and then we can mm-hmm. dive deeper into it. Um, to do the same thing from somebody's social media profile or um, or their digital wallet, you know, like, that could even be a source of connection yeah. and, and, and finding something that, you know, like, we're able to connect on and get deeper on, but also that's that trust factor, right? Um, earlier today, I was on LinkedIn because I just got a notification that somebody messaged me on LinkedIn and started scrolling. Dude, I had like 500 messages from people, you know, you're an agency owner. Have you checked out this? Or Drew, I haven't heard back from you in five days. And it's, they're all just scripted out, you know, yes. automated messages. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to my mind is like, your reputation is like, to me is like as low as it can get right now. Cause there's zero connection. Yeah. There's, there's no, um, there's no real time and effort being put into your willingness to want to connect with me versus somebody can land on my profile and say, Hey, saw, you know, saw your agency owner. I saw you change positions or they, they scanned something on my profile or maybe it's my, my last post that talked about, you know, maybe one of my clients or, or something that I worked on that just shows me like the slightest hint of like this person put in an ounce of care uh, effort. To, want, to want to effort to connect. Right. And to me, that's where things translate to the digital world so seamlessly, but to somebody else, it might just seem like, Oh no, this is just our cold message, you know, effort. And we'll send out 5,000 messages and yeah. two people will get back to us. I'm like, you can send two messages out and get two people to get back to you. If, if you just take the time to, to message somebody in the correct way. Right. So, um, that's where that's where my head goes to when it's just like, you know, there's there's a lot of crossover and it's not like this totally new world where it's like I don't understand social media so I'll never be able to generate business or generate connections there. Uh, it, it, like it's just not true, right? Is if if you were to go out and you know want to talk to a bunch of people, you can go on Twitter and join conversations all the time. Like literally, tweet threads are just conversations that you can go and join, right? Um, and and what you say and how you listen to how people engage on social media makes a huge impact, right? Like, because if somebody were to go through and I could feel that they spent the time, to me, I would feel like, I don't know if significant is the right word, but I would feel like this is a little bit more genuine than somebody saying, saw your agency owner, you know, can you use help on your email tactics or whatever it might be, like these random messages that we get on LinkedIn. And I'll ignore those messages all day, but if there's one single message that shows that they cared, I'll respond and likely get on a Zoom call which I think is something else that you were kind of alluding to too, is I think there's levels of communication, right? Like there's only so much that we can communicate on maybe like a DM. And then we say, Hey man, like we'd love to connect with you deeper. Let's hop on a zoom maybe next week if you have the time and then getting face to face and then gets closer to those social cues that you were interesting. Um, It it allows us to literally go face to face. And I think, so that level of communication and, and digital is huge too, which is why, people are talking about why video can make such a more impact than, you know, just a social graphic. Um, it's cause you have this ability to see somebody's passion, hear their passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a huge for us, like understanding Twitter space and how that could really impact somebody's digital brand too, is huge because those same things, like you can not even what they're saying as a thought leader, but if they're going up and they're a conversationalist or they're growing up, they're asking the right questions. I think asking questions is like one of the best ways I can like, determine if somebody really knows what they're talking about and they're looking to get deeper. Um, and so those are the things that we explain to clients all the time. Is just like, you know, if people are reaching out to you, if, if somebody came up and talked to you and you just choose to ignore them, 
Mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't talk to you anymore. So when they comment on your post that so they're messaging you in DMs and you're choosing to ignore them or not get back to them, yeah. to me, that's like the same thing. Like, it is. Basically telling these people, I don't care if you message us or comment on our stuff, we, you know, we're not going to get back to you. And so they're very unlikely to continue to comment or message. Yes. And so those things we tell our clients all the time, it's like what you would do in person is how you should treat you know, your digital landscape and, and how your brand is perceived on social. And we, we see a huge trend in, um, think of like a sports, like a, like the Washington Caps. I know the Nats, actually the, the Washington Nats, I know for a fact do this, so I'll use them. There was a time period, I think it was probably the season they won the the championship. They responded to every single comment on, on Instagram. <laughs> like, like every single one? Dude, every single one. And it was... It could have been an emoji. It could have been, you know, something really, it could have been like a, a something really simple. Yeah. But they got back to every single comment. And as a fan, to have that experience of a your favorite team getting back to you on social kind of helps build this level of excitement to where you want to continue to comment. Yeah. Because you're getting, it's, it's, you're getting it reciprocated, right? Versus, you know, my favorite athlete, I'll message, I'll come on every single one of his posts yep. and he'll never respond to me. So I'm just like, at some point, I'm just like, I could, re- I could throw this out there, but like, nobody's going to see it. He's not going to get back to me. Why would I even do this? Those are the things that we teach our clients. It's just like, you can help build more engagement, more trust, more opportunities to to have it scale just by taking those moments to show that you care, or maybe even just like liking the comment, right? But yep. a lot of that stuff, for some reason, when people get on social, they like take it for granted or they, they, view it as like something that isn't necessary for them to grow because they just might feel like they're getting a lot of followers or they're getting more views and it's something that they don't need to do. But it's one of those things where I'm just like, man, if somebody came up to me and talked to me, or if I went up to somebody and talked to them and they just like totally shut down and ignored me, I would never talk to that person again probably, right? Well, yeah, you don't feel that level of connection. It's almost like uh, like if you felt like the Washington Capitals or Washington Nationals were going to comment back to something that you posted you probably feel a deeper level of connection and granted it's digitally, but it's like, you're like, Oh snap. They took the time. And granted it's their, their social marketing, their social media team. Somebody took the time to respond back to my comment. And um, now you've gained maybe a, le- a greater level of trust or a deeper connection with them because they took the time to do that. And I think it's all time, right? And you've got to value. If somebody's going to take the time to want us to want to speak to you, then you've got to be able to, give them that that amount of time to at least give them something back if you desire digital reputation to be anything of of merit right if you want people to listen to you or people to you know ha- this is the way I think I think about it is if you want people to um think of you as a thought leader or to think of you as a leader in any sense then you've got to be able to reply to reply back to people and connect with people and this is, so there's that level. And then I'll go even a, a deeper level. And this is something that I learned from like Gary Vaynerchuk like years ago is I think people really tend to respond to a lot of the good comments and then ignore the bad ones or even try to hide the bad ones. Um, something that he instilled like at a really young age for me, this is probably more, this is probably, man, this is, I remember having this conversation with my mom and she owned a frame store and, um, Gary used to always talk about, it's like, those are the ones that are most important to, to respond to because people can literally see your level of character and your morals based on how you respond to somebody that had a poor experience. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a, you know, take responsibility, take accountability and try to try to write, you know, whatever issue they went through, or is it going to be like, <laughs> they're not getting responses at all. And I remember my mom had a Facebook page and on her frame store and somebody like left a comment and 
you know, it was just like, uh, I think it was like a, it was about pricing, something like that. And she was like heated and she was like, I can't believe this. Like Drew, like, how do I hide this? How do I delete it? Yeah. And in my head, I was just like, I don't know. I was like a young kid, like, uh, you know, still in, I think maybe still in, or early in college and just going there and be like, Hey, well, like it's an opportunity for somebody to, to see, you know, how you can respond to a comment. And if other people see that, they actually might think more positively about your business than if they just see a negative comment, right? And and how that, how responding to it in a positive way mm. could could not only build the trust in the one person that left the comment, but for the hundreds of people that might come across yeah. that's that that comment in general. And I used to have this this way of saying it. I used to talk about this in podcasts all the time. Um, you go to a hockey game, and one of the athletes, you know, either throws a puck or throws a stick to like one of the young fans, and I think people tend to think like, oh, they just made one fan for life, right? With that one kid. Mm. But in reality, thousands of people saw this this act from the athlete, right? And so if thousands of people see this and they realize, man, um, Backstrom, you know, like Nicholas Backstrom, yeah. oh, he's the type of guy that would, you know, instead of just doing his thing and getting off and ignoring the fans, he's going to take 30 seconds, go grab a stick and give it to a young fan. And so the reputation of Backstrom not only changed for one person, but everybody that saw it at the stadium, mm-hmm. which could have been hundreds, thousands of people, right? So um, that's how I think about, you know, how we can continue to build digital reputation is also how we're responding to yes. even people that are there and and not just the good ones, but even more specifically <laughs> the ones where it could be the fun, it could be the negativity, right? Because ultimately, I think those opportunities lend more for that person, that company or that person's reputation than seeing a couple of like good reviews because on one hand it's being able to take accountability. Right. So, but on the other hand, I think that the, the ability to go in and have that level of, um, I think it's just their willingness and showing that they care, right? Like yeah. our earlier conversation, like it's not just the accountability factor of like apologizing and, and making sure it's right. But it's also saying like, I care about this person's business more than anything and having them be a repeat customer to come back to potentially have a, a different experience. I think is the bigger, I think that's, that's the untold side of, you know, what that comment meant is like how much they, they care about the business. I, you know, I thought there's some things that I kind of thought of in when you, I think commenting on a negative post or um, just shows a higher level of accountability, but also a higher level of the ability to handle adversity, right? Because right. when you're yeah. in a when in a public state stance like that, like when something's out there, uh, and you nobody wants anything to be negative, right? Like nobody likes that, but that's an adverse situation. So, like, how are you going to attack and handle that adversity, right? Because at the end of the day. You can't delete it. Well, maybe you can delete it. Or the other, the person that posted it has to delete it, or you can delete the uh, ultimate post. But it's the, um, it's if you can show the, your ability to handle adversity in a positive way and control your emotions. And this is this is probably the most challenging part, right? It's just a written text. If you can do that in a in a way that shows, like what Gary Vee said, like your values come through and your morals come through. I think that's probably goes a much longer way than just continue to post positive positive stuff where right yeah absolutely i mean that's that's where i you know i think it makes sense a, a lot of times i think people um the, they almost care more about how the business is perceived versus having an opportunity to to really build a high level of trust and i think 
obviously having thousands of five star reviews builds a level of trust for sure. But for the right, you know, for somebody else, it could be the way that they responded. And um, mm. I think something, you know, I also want to touch on. We got a comment in um, our Twitter group chat about a question on somebody's wife is a fashion blogger and oh, yeah. they're looking for ways to. And this is where my mind went to is you can look for like a marketing tactic, but ultimately for someone like that, you have to build a certain level of trust and reputation for being a, a blogger or for somebody that puts out content that um, that people are either gaining a ton of value from or they're highly entertained from. And my mind immediately went to, well, you have to generate eyes, right? So producing content that is most likely to be effective for them. And you know, I, I told them they should be producing video and, and reels. But something else that came to mind to me is they have to put themselves in scenarios where they can even be tested, right? So if they're not getting a lot of followers, I think they should be commenting on like hundreds of posts a day and to people that would potentially be a, a follower of theirs and, and I think the ideal consumer of theirs so that they can even get feedback for if it's a value or not, right? And I think just putting out video content and pinging a bunch of people, if, if I was a fashion blogger and I followed a thousand people and I only got three follows back, I think I would have to change something pretty drastic, right? <laughs> if I followed a thousand people and I got 500 back, I'd be like, okay, this is something of value. I would love to hear from these people of like, what do they want to see more of? Um, what do they, what do they enjoy about, you know, the content that I'm putting out, things like that. And so it's, some of it is not just, you know, it's not always going to be testimonies, but it's also going to be, how am I going to build trust with a new group of people, right? As a, as either a new brand or a new company or a new content creator um, trying to figure out, you know, how can I build trust? And sometimes it's just posting often so that people realize if I like your content, I'm going to follow you because I see that you post often yeah. versus if you post three times in the last six months, I don't have trust that I should even follow you, right? Like I, I don't have the trust that you're worth a follow if you're not going to be posting content, right? So that's something else that we tell our clients too is like, it's not just about, posting the content it's also about the frequency could be a trust frequency. builder right yeah like there's a there's a barber a really great barber that my girlfriend put me on and that dude's incredible i can he tell out, he puts out a new video <laughs> every day and i was just like dude i need to follow this guy because you know his frequency of content tells me that i'm going to be able to enjoy more of his content you know pretty much as much as i come across his account and it'll be off and to me that was a trust builder versus this this suit's awesome, but he's posted twelve times in the last ten years. So he's cool. I want to support him, but I don't think he's worth a follow. And so that's where my mind went when that question came through. Is like, one, what are you doing to like maintain an audience if when you do get that? But also, you know, you can't be afraid to go out and message five hundred thousand people because if you have a new business, that's what you'd have to do. You have to go and figure out how yeah. you're going to draw people in, right? And so that's where I kind of like. In my head, I think people get too caught up in it's this new digital world where everything needs to be different. It's just like it's it's just a, a medium, right? It's like you still have to do these things. You still have to connect with people, chat with them. You know, just because you're a fashion blogger doesn't mean you shouldn't be DMing people hundreds of times a day to try to generate um, opportunities for people to come across your brand. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Barstool. Uh, and Dave Portnoy starting his brand. Have you ever heard about how it's No, no, I actually don't know this how they started. So there's a, I'll just send you a link because it's really interesting. It's a really interesting watch, but um, it was a newspaper. And this was like, this was probably, man, maybe like late 2000s, 
ish. But Dave Portnoy like started Barstool as a newspaper that he would print and literally go and pass out newspapers and, and put them into like free free newspaper stands. And really? to me, it's just like if you if you just think about what Barstool is now versus when he first started, you realize like wow. this guy's totally self-made, but also did whatever it took to try to gain interest for people into you know his content. He didn't even want to be on websites. He didn't want to have a blog. It was just a, another way for him to communicate the content that he wanted to put out and people that he wanted to attract. And so he was doing like newspapers. He would do like in-person events. And then there was one of his fans that said, hey, I'm going to be moving away from the Boston or the New England area. Is there any way that you can put the newspaper online so I can continue to read the content when I go to college? <laughs> and Dave was just like, I have no idea how to do that. I don't, you know, this is probably not something we're going to do. And he's just like, the, the kid was like, I'll figure out how to build a website. If you just make sure to send it to me, I'll, I'll upload it and, and get it up there. Wow. That's that dude. That's how Barstool blogging started. No way. And so it's incredible. It's just fascinating to me because, um, this guy, Dave Porno had a vision and, you know, people, whatever they want to think about Dave, like he's one of the best business people right yeah. now, I think in the country or even in the world with what's he's what you know obviously what he's built but also his ability to continue to like innovate and, and change things as he, as he goes but dude he was literally giving out free newspapers like that's that was the story of barstool so i kind of think back to when people were like i'm not getting traction on social media i'm not getting yeah. traction on my blog i immediately think to like what can you be doing to pass out cds or to pass out you know Ask, like how, yeah. how can you manufacture momentum and for most people it's just DMing hundred people or or following and liking and engaging on other people's content um, to try to get people to come back to your page and potentially follow you, um, doing those types of things until you hit some like bigger events where like one person shares your page or you know an influencer shares your page or um, you finally start to get you know momentum on your content and things like that, and so that's where you know I wanted to throw that in there because I think it's an interesting you know insight from a question that we literally got today, but. Um, Kind of curious what what are, what are your thoughts on that? Like kind of starting fresh and just I use the term manufacturing momentum, but it's like doing whatever you can to kind of just get the ball rolling a little bit. I think it's just about how you decide to invest your time, right? If you yeah. if this is something that you want to get better at and you want to grow, um, right? I, I always say time is undefeated, right? And time's one of our biggest assets, and how we decide to utilize our our time will directly impact what's going to happen in the future, right? If so, if you want to grow your digital brand, um, you know, tremendously, or even just, you know, just starting out even a little bit, you've got to be able to invest the time into right. the medium that you're going to decide to, you know, put yourself out there. And uh, that's the way I just looked at it is, is Dave decided to put in time. He fortunately decided that if he fortunately was, excuse me, was fortunate enough to find somebody who was willing to build a website form to be able to put everything out there. But in reality, like it's, it's, it just comes down to putting in your reps and putting in that time into the places that you deem at the current moment to be the most valuable. Right. And that's, it is, it's all about connection and it's all about, you know, spending the time and the resources that you have at your disposal to try to, to grow yourself in in real life and digitally. I think it's a fan, it's a fantastic story. Yeah, those are like the two big takeaways like from today. I think, um, you know, the first one being it's it's still the same level of connection or 
maybe not the same level of connection, but there's still a, a strong standard of connection that can be had digitally mm-hmm. that I think people kind of, you know, they don't, maybe they don't feel it or they don't feel like it's possible. But um, I think what, like our relationship, it, we've met each other, what, twice in person and every other, uh, every yeah. other connection point has been digitally, right? And, and you know, what we have it's is incredible. really strong. It, it really is. But it's also, um, to me, it's just like, it helps me put it in perspective of how um, how similar it is and how we should treat it very similarly. And, um, you know, just not overthinking the digital and the social media website, things like that. It's, you know, a lot of content's out there for you to go out and see like what's working, what's not working. But um, I think what you mentioned about the reps is that's something that we always talk about, but it's so true. Because one other thing is even if you do go viral, like you have a viral moment. Like mm. Coach B has a viral moment and he goes out, <laughs> you know, 10 million in views, whatever it might be. People that have, they still have to at some point go and realize that um, they have to still learn how to continue and maintain success with, with building digital brand, right? It's very rare that somebody has a one-hit wonder and then is able to, you know, build a long-term business or build long-term relevancy from that. You know, usually, like I think of like families on YouTube that like they have one video that goes crazy. Then what happens is the parents or the family gets obsessed with how to continue to generate yeah. views, and and then they become successful. But people don't see that; they only see like, oh, they had one video pop off in 2018, and ever since then they've been a huge success. No, it's like they spent the time to understand keep working. thumbnails, edits, all these. Yeah, they got really obsessed with because of the virality, and they wanted to maintain it. That forced them down this rabbit hole. And so that was the other thing too, is like, I think a lot of people are looking for, you know, how do I get views extremely quickly or how do I go viral? But in reality, like you're still going to have to go down this rabbit hole, putting in the reps and, and understanding how you're going to maintain that success long-term. But um, yeah, Coach B, I think that, you know, this was a, a good episode that kind of dove into something a little bit different from from our insights. And I think one of the biggest things is just, you know, we go back to that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, uh, there it is. These principles and these characters that we maintain IRL or when I see it, somebody in person, you know, to continue to use those same principles in the online setting and to treat it like, like we had this meeting with Gary V and instead of talking about business, he used the whole time in the meeting to talk about, he's like, I want you guys to know that I'm here to develop a relationship with you guys. And that's all I care about. And he said that like 10 times. It's so cool. And, and to me, it was just like, uh, you know, if I was in person with him, this is, probably how he would want us to feel right and you you felt extremely connected to him you felt taken care of and you felt like he cared versus you know like what do you guys want to do i'll give you my best advice right now yeah. like that's how i thought it was kind of gonna go it's like tell us what your goal is and then i'm gonna spit my best advice at you and it wasn't like that at all there's actually no advice it was just he wanted to make sure that he that we knew that you wanted to build something with us and that you wanted to um he wanted to to make sure that the relationship was was a priority so um, it just made you realize that that's probably exactly how he is in real life, right? And so he, he did a great job on this digital meeting to portray how he would act in person. He created that environment that allowed you to feel, it's this concept of feeling psychologically safe, right? There's a psychological safety versus psychologically threatened, right? And so when you feel psychologically threatened, there's going to be no level of connection. There's going to be no level of trust. There's more distrust than anything. Right. Whereas this, if you create this environment of a psychological safety, you're more willing to let your guard down. You're more willing to allow yourself to develop that level of connection and you're more forthgiving of your trust. 
Um, it's a, it's a concept we talk about, like when when we build an environment for a weight room, when you build an environment <laughs> for a meeting space, uh, you build an environment for a locker room. Like you want to create this aspect of where everybody feels psychologically safer in our setting so they can fail. Like we want them to fail. We want them to develop an environment where they feel safe enough to push themselves and out of their comfort zone where they're going to fail and they're going to learn and they continue to grow. It's, 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 there's so many, like you said, the word principles, like there's so many principles and parallels between different aspects of life, wherever you want to improve upon. And I think what we're doing is trying to shed light on, on there's more commonalities and more similarities of, yep. of, of winning in different aspects of your life than we, we probably even thought about. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that's the, you know, kind of preparing for this meeting or this, this podcast, that's the biggest thing that came up for me is, you know, having these principles, no matter where you go and at all times is the best way to build your personal brand. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, not just being high level care in person and then, you know, letting that slip through the cracks on social, but being able to apply it in both settings to help, to help build that overall personal brand. And it's just this idea of like, doing the right things all the time. Like it's always going to be good for you. And, you know, very similarly to social, it's like, you know, somebody's getting to you to get back to them or to show that, that same level of care that somebody showed you. And, um, I think, you know, that pretty much covered everything that I had for, for today, coach B. I think the biggest thing is just treat it like it was in real life, you know, yeah. treat it like, treat it like you would, or you normally would. And, you know, I think you'll start to realize that your reputation um, it's a brick by brick thing, right? Like it's going to be a small conversation or hopping on a zoom or, um, checking in on somebody, right? Like those little things that build up over time. But, um, yeah, coach B appreciate your insights today. Uh, this was a fun one to do. That was a little bit different than our, than our usual, but, uh, we'll keep checking in on the, the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift to see if it's the real <laughs> deal or if it was just a one big barking stunt. Uh, I'm going to look out for it now. See you, Drew. <laughs> All right. See you, buddy.